you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. What an honor it is. We have Kevin with us again this morning. I know for sure that Kevin's in Pennsylvania this week, finishing up his last couple of days. Good morning to you, Kevin. Good morning, Doug. What an honor. You know, it has been a great joy, folks, to open up the Word of God and to be talking about the life of Christ. And we've been using the book of John kind of as a mainline reference, and then we've been bouncing to other books. And And uh, I think God is really blessing this. And just looking at Christ's life and what his attributes and, and, and the things about Jesus that help us. And uh, it's been a great blessing to me. So I want to start. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and bang out eleven verses today. We're gonna start in verse number uh, eighteen. It says, "No man have seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He have declared Him." And this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, "What art thou?" And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, "I am not the Christ." And they asked him, what then? Art thou Elias? He saith, I am not. Art thou the prophet? He answered, no. Then they say unto him, who art thou? That we give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? He saith, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. He said, the prophet Isaiah is talking about Isaiah. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou not be the Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? John saith unto them, saying, I baptize with water. But there standeth one among you whom you know not. He it is whose coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoe latchet I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in, in, in Bathabara, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. So what we have here, we're coming along, and we find John the Baptist baptizing. And uh, as he's out there baptizing people, the religious folks, the Jews, everybody wanted to know, who's this guy doing the baptizing? Is he Isaiah? Um, is this Christ? Is this the Christ that's talked about? So they went up and started asking him some questions, and a, a couple things. One of the reasons we're doing 11 verses right off the back is this is just giving us background, background on Christ. And these are inspired word of God telling us that John the Baptist is saying, I'm the one in the wilderness crying out. I'm making a way for the Lord. And, uh, and, and, you know, they question him and he's telling them, I baptized with water. I'm not sprinkling, man. I am throwing people under. And as a preacher, I want you to know, and I guarantee you, Kevin's the same way. We put people underwater. We <laughs> took literally when he come up out of the water, it's real. And that's what John's doing. He's baptizing in a way where it's full water immersion. So I want to tell you, sprinkle baptism is not baptizing somebody biblically. The Bible is pretty clear that we're supposed to put someone down in the water and bring them 
up out of the water. Sprinkle baptism is something they started doing for babies. It's actually a tradition as you study it out. There was uh, uh, The Pope allowed it to happen many years ago because there was a leader's son who was dying. He was born, didn't have much time left in his life. So they quickly sprinkle baptized him as not to drown him or hurt him or uh, that this guy may die. And somewhere along the way, this idea came up that we can just sprinkle baptize. But it's, I'm telling you, it's denominational. It's not biblical. And, and then something that stands out to me, and we'll get into this a little bit as Kevin and I speak, but uh, one of the things John points out is there's one among you, and, and, and you don't know him. So we remember that Christ had been 100% man, and for his first 30 years of life, he's, he's among everybody. And then he goes and he talks about his shoelaces or his shoe straps or his shoe latch, and he's saying, you know, I, <laughs> I, I have no right to even touch those. I mean, I, I, I just can't be there. And you religious leaders, you know, this is not going to happen. I'm not worthy to losing these. And basically saying, no, neither are you guys. None of us are. If I'm, if I'm John the Baptist and I'm baptizing in his name, I'm not worthy to even unhook his sandals at that time to do any of this. And, and so we look at John the Baptist and a couple things going on. He's crying out. He's telling people, uh, the Savior's coming. It's happening. Get baptized in the name of Christ. Be obedient to his message here in the Bible because it matters. Christ is the only one it matters. It doesn't matter about denominations. It doesn't matter about religions. It, it doesn't matter about our feelings. It doesn't matter about the convenience of sprinkle baptizing a kid. I was raised through the steps of being sprinkle baptized and making my first communion where there was an option for me to make communion. And, and then from there, go into confession where I confess that the sprinkle baptism in the first communion and those things that I believed in the holy apostolic Catholic church were all real. And uh, the Bible's pretty clear. It's not about any of that. It's about Jesus Christ, Kevin, looking to Jesus Christ, trusting Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so as you were talking there, I'm just thinking about, you know, religion is the, um, the system that man set set up. I mean, what we commonly call religion. I mean, the Bible actually uses the word religion in a good way, but um, in the book of James, but religion is a system of, of steps, you know, the more esoteric religions such as Mormonism and Freemasonry and that kind of thing are, you know, designed to, um, to, to prepare you and to, um, to, to get you, uh, one step at a time up to some things that you normally would never embrace. And, uh, by the time you're in the upper degrees. And so there's these, you know, steps of understanding and it's, it's really a Gnosticism like we talked about last week, but, um, <clears throat> Christianity does not start out that way. Christianity just impacts a person with Jesus Christ. And yeah, there is a preparation of the heart by the Holy Spirit, you know, and John the Baptist, he was the preparer of the way. He went before with convicting sermons and con convicting, um, uh, you know, truth, you know, from the law, the law of the prophets prophesied until John. So John, he was kind of that voice of the law, kind of preparing everyone. But he, um, when Jesus Christ showed up, he was the all in all. So there was no, you know, uh, introductory you know, 101, where you get a little bit of Jesus, and then by age 12, you're ready to actually, you know, accept him 
you know, by way of reaffirming what you already got. That's, that's like you said, that's man's way. And, and by the way, I like what you said. Baptism was in immersion. The word literally means to deep, to dip, plunge or immerse. And that's what yeah. we see in the scripture. Um, and, and, uh, the word, um, uh, sprinkle, my understanding is the word rantizo, R-A-N-T-I-Z-O versus baptizo, B-A-P-T-I-Z-O. Uh, and so it's just a different thing. So we're, we're not talking about rantizing babies. We're talking about baptizing believers. And, uh, as you mentioned before, it was something <clears throat> that was done religiously and the religious right was at the same time, you know, historically, if you read about even the American history, it was um, equated with citizenship. And so it was a way to kind of induct people into American citizenship. And that created the, the problem for our early forefathers where they said, this is you know, we cannot have a religious induction to citizenship. They began to take this separation of church and state uh, position uh, from the Bible, and um, hence the the heavy Baptist influence in the um, in in America because they said we we left that stuff behind in England. We're not going to even start this thing where. Um, in order to be a citizen, you have to be a member of a church. So they, they left the Baptists, uh, they left off rantizing and they, you know, they, they, uh, continued the Bible way. So I thought that was really cool when I studied that out at one point, but man, I'm just so glad we're not involved in, um, a religion. We're involved in a relationship and this savior yeah. that showed up said, come unto me. I am here as a person. And I want to know you, and I want you to know me. Come unto me. And uh, Mr. John the Baptist was a great um, forerunner of that. But, man, I'm so glad we got the real thing. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, I, I, you know, a couple things to remember that, you know, baptism, we see in Galatians 3.27, for as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. And, and the example, and this is one of these things where I would expound on the Greek just in this manner, it's a step of obedience. It's showing the whole world, yeah, you know, baptism doesn't save you. Uh, except in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and trust in him, uh, you know, by faith, through God's given wonderful grace to save you, saves you. Will you believe every word of it? You speak it with your mouth, you pray and you ask him to save you while believing it with your heart. And the Bible says your heart uh, speaketh unto righteousness and salvation. That's what saves you. Baptism is that next, and I hate to use the word step, but it's that next move by you to say, Hey, everybody, I'm obedient to God. And baptism is one of these things that we do to join the local church, to show our obedience to God, and to begin our ministry. We'll be right back with you. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Amen. Thanks for hanging with us. So as we go forward and we're talking about Christ and, and John is baptizing these people and these people are making an open 
uh, acknowledgement. They're stepping out and saying, we're part of what Christ is all about. We believe in this Savior. We believe in the Messiah. And uh, we still do that today. So I want to say to you, if you've never been biblically baptized, as Kevin just pointed out, we dunk you in water. I had a guy one day, Kevin, this young guy, I, I baptized him and he wanted to stay on I had to chase after him a little bit to bring him back up, but uh, he was having a good time under there. But it's the whole idea uh, that baptizo, where you drop them underwater, and uh, it's an image, uh, you know, of, of what God has done for us in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and, and and just to step forward. And when we think about Christ and, and thinking about what we've been going through here in chapter one, and, and I want to go back one through three as we go on with our next points here, verses one through three in chapter one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him... Uh, was not anything made that was made. So we go back to that as we start this second week in the life of Christ, and we point out that, that again, Kevin said God's co-eternal with Jesus Christ. It's, it's always been there. He's always been created. He's always been the second of the, uh, of the Godhead. Uh, he is our Savior. He's our intercessor, and uh, we pray to him through him. We ask in his name because the Bible tells us to. And, and when we do that, uh, you know, I think of the verse over in Philippians 2, 5 through 8, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who be in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He's God. He's in the form of God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made the likeliness of men. Being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So how does this all come together as we move forward? is uh, we, we got to understand that baptism is putting on that mind of Christ, trusting in obedience, stepping out, that, that here's this God, and, and these leaders, you know, when they see this baptism going on, Kevin, these leaders are out there saying, what are you doing, and whose name are you doing this? Are you Jesus? Are you Isaiah? What's going on here? They were confused. They were trying to say, man, you know, they're trying to make John the Baptist, and John the Baptist said, this isn't about me. You know, they were looking at John the Baptist, seeing him in his, you know, his clothes and his furs and eating bugs and all that stuff. And he said, this isn't about me. This isn't who I am. So we as preachers, we as teachers, we as people who represent Jesus Christ, the most high God, you can look at us and say, man, Man, if, if I've got to look at Doug, you know, Christ, no, nothing like me. I'm just uh, helping you in your active obedience and pointing people toward Christ. That's our job. That's our place. So we, in our daily lives, we, when we're down, realize that we serve a God who is without reputation. We serve a God that blended in. We served a God that never sinned. We served a God that was 100% man. And then when he turned 30 years old and he shows up here in John and his ministry begins, he's 100% God, 100% man. And uh, we get baptized to step out in obedience. Uh, we believe in Christ as a step of obedience, as the first step of this is what we want our ministry ministry to be, Kevin. Yeah. You know, if someone's, um, I was just thinking if someone's hurting because, um, you know, they've been through stuff, what do you do when you, 
when there's a great need, when there's a challenge before you, you get back to basics, you know, uh, the sports that I played, I didn't play a whole lot of sports in school, but a lot of times the coach, I ran track and went out for baseball and that kind of thing. And, and, uh, the coach would on a big challenge, they'd say, look, don't get nervous about this, this big game day. You know, these, this is a, a, a worthy opponent. We're out after they're good. Remember the basics. And I want to say, um, sometimes when people go through things, it's God's way of making them stop and ask, what am I, you know, what, what yet lack I, what do I need here? And, um, you know, baptism for a Christian really should be it's biblically the first step of obedience. I think you mentioned it. And so, you know, we should ask ourselves, have I been scripturally baptized? Okay. I've accepted Jesus Christ. Um, and, and maybe because of some stuff that I've been going through, I've, I've become aware of that need. And so I've received Christ. I want you to know, first of all, nothing will ever separate you from the, the love of God. Romans chapter eight, is is in that book and it's full of assurances and you know you're sealed with the holy spirit but remember that a lot of times that first baby step i'm i'm, I'm writing a book right now doug you know uh, on uh, yeah. on discipleship and the steps of of growth and and one of them really right out of the gate should be to be baptized and so i'm just if i was going through a big struggle i'm i'm during trauma the best thing to do is say, Lord, let me get that box checked that I have obeyed you right out, right out of the gate. Not that that brings special, holy, you know, or, you know, orders upon you or whatever. It, it brings simply the, the, it says in the book of um, second, I think it's first Peter or second Peter. It says, it's the answer of a good conscience. It doesn't put away the filth of the flesh. It doesn't take away any sin. It doesn't make you any cleaner before God. But what it does is it answers your, it's your conscience answering to what's already happened in your mind. And so it's a key thing. You know, the Bible says, beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then do we have confidence before God? So the best thing to do to, to check up on in any struggle, any traumatic thing, any abuse you're going through, anything you're trying to heal from is to say, you know what? I want to get my conscience. I want to get confidence. I want to be able to say, God, I have stepped out and believed you before man. I've taken my stand. I've let it be known. I ain't going back. And uh, how important that is, Doug, just to kind of yeah. nail that thing down. It is, brother. And, and you know, again, that symbolism of the death, the burial, and the resurrection, and and uh, exactly what, what Brother Kevin's saying is we need to step out in obedience and trust God. And uh, when we think about baptism, that's exactly what we're doing is we're stepping out with obedience. I, I thought of a funny thing, and again, you know, my ADHD and rabbit trail chase in there, but when Kevin was talking about sports and being all in, I remember that I was a freshman, I was on the football team, and I I made it over to the varsity team as a freshman because we had a small school and I was big and dumb looking. But anyway, I remember I was standing on the sideline before the game and your first game jitters, you know, and you're standing there and you can hear the crowd and you can hear your parents yelling and 
there's cheerleaders there. And I, I mean, a little bit of stuff is going crazy. And you're saying, man, I got to go out in that field and do it for real. And the coach walks over to us and reaches down to the ground and picks up a handful of dirt. And he rubbed it all over his face. And he said, you better look like this by the end of the game. And, and I, I remember I took my helmet off and reached down and grabbed a handful of dirt and rubbed it all over my face because I wanted to look like that before the game was over. I wanted to be obedient to what the coach wanted from me. Well, thank goodness we don't rub dirt all over our faces, some kind of symbol that we're going to play a good football game. Now, we, uh, we're obedient to God in baptism. We show the world that we're, you know, baptism is, is a method too, is joining the church. We know it's an ordinance of the church. And if you haven't been biblically baptized in the way Kevin was talking about, where you're completely submerged in water, where you step out in obedience, a church will do that as they welcome you into the membership of their church. They'll make sure that you're ready to step out in obedience in the ministry of the church. Now we don't believe in any way exactly what Kevin said. You're not getting cleansing from your sin. You're not getting purification. The fish aren't going to die. Everything's going to be all right. It's just this public declaration. And so John was scripturally, so we're looking at the life of Christ and the life of Christ does involve us being obediently baptized and following him uh, in in the ministry. And that's what this uh, broadcast has all been about. Trust in Christ, pointing people to Christ, and we point them along the way by stepping out in obedience and being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We sure do love you folks. Listen, we're going to be back tomorrow. We're going to be talking about the Lamb of God right, right, out of the, right off the back, uh, and uh, you don't want to miss that. May God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, Understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.